Hello, mamacitas. Welcome to the Natural Birth Co. Podcast. I am pumped to be here today for this little bonus app with Zoe Naylor. Now, the intent behind this podcast is the fact that we have our amazing Birth Time, the documentary screening coming up in less than two weeks. So next weekend. And Zoe Naylor is one of the co-creators of Birth Time, the documentary. She is in the documentary. She talks about her own amazing home birth experiences. And then um, she also helped create and direct it and, and whatever else goes into making a freaking movie. I have no idea. So I am so excited to bring this to you today. We talk about Birth Time, the documentary. We talk about how it was created, how they went about making it, why they made it, and all their kind of visions to do with Birth Time, the documentary. I am so pumped to bring this screening to you guys in a week and a half. It is such a powerful documentary to watch in all stages. So preconception, even if you're not thinking of having a baby anytime soon, it is such a great documentary to watch to start wrapping your head around the culture of birth and the idea of how you would want to birth eventually when the day comes. Amazing for pregnancy and especially bringing your partners along so that they get a really good idea and concept as well around the culture of birth and how they can help navigate it in their position as birth partner. Amazing for postnatal and very, very postnatal, like I'm talking 20, 30 years postnatal as well. Can be really reflective, can really help towards additional births if you're having more births and just is a freaking interesting documentary. I'm so excited. So we have, it's coming up on the 14th of October. There's a 5 p.m. screening and a 7 p.m. screening. There's still plenty of spaces left in the 7 p.m. and only a couple in the 5 It's going to be so much fun. We are setting it in this cool warehouse setting in Warana on the Sunshine Coast. Um, And there's going to be a Mexican food truck there, which is absolutely delicious. There's Your Mates Brewery across the road, so you can get some brews for the event. It is going to be such a vibe. Now... If you are not here on the Sunshine Coast or if it is too hard to organize toddlers, etc. to get to a movie screening, then there is actually an online option as well where you can watch the documentary online, purchase it on the exact same page where you would purchase the normal screening and you'll get a link, etc. and you'll have 24 hours to watch that link. So... I'm super excited about it. I know you guys are all excited about it. So many of our Natural Birth Co. mamas are coming and it's going to be such a vibe. Can't wait to see you there. Enjoy the pod. I just wanted to give you a quick heads up as well. We only have two birth workshops for the rest of the year and there are only about three spaces in between the two of them. So there's one on October 21st and then November 18th and they only have um, two spots in October and one spot in November. So if you are wanting to prepare mentally for birth, learn how to cope with pain and labor, be very confident in your body and how to move and have that true belief that our body is made to birth. I can handle this pain and labor. I can handle labor. My labor is not bigger than me. It is me. Also, if you want to prepare your partner for birth so that they know exactly how to support you emotionally and physically, they know how to advocate for you, they know how to discuss options with the healthcare professionals, then this is your workshop. 
this is the workshop for you. You will get so much benefit from doing this workshop during pregnancy if having a natural birth is something that you're really after, especially in the hospital setting. We also go deep into pros and cons of all sorts of intervention, both natural and medical. And then we go through exactly how you can make effective value-based decisions that align with you and your birth partner so that you can go through your birth with so much confidence, so much ease. You have done everything you can to prepare. You make really great decisions during birth. So no matter the outcome of how your birth goes down, afterwards you have no regret, guilt, or what ifs. It is just such a beautiful concept of when we've done everything we can to prepare and we make good, effective, value-based decisions, there's no negative feelings towards birth. There's no regret, guilt, or what ifs. And it just gives our mamas the best transition into motherhood because there is no doubt things just went how they had to went. Often positive, sometimes not exactly what they were after, but they always meet their birth with so much acceptance and surrender because there was nothing else that they could do. So anyways, if you're interested, I'll put the link in the show notes as well. Enjoy this amazing podcast with Zoe. This podcast is brought to you by Natural Birth Co. We help women and their partners prepare physically and mentally for a natural and empowering birth experience. With pregnancy yoga, Pilates and workshops, all led by our registered midwife, we have a studio here on the Sunshine Coast, Australia. Otherwise, all of our services are available online. You can learn more at naturalbirthco.com. If you wish to advertise on this podcast, you can visit naturalbirthco.com forward slash pregnancy dash podcast. Now enjoy this ad free episode. Um, yeah, so you're an entrepreneur, you're creating this business you're about to birth. You've been doing birth time, which I'm sure is like a continual thing as well. Um, when, what, what else do you get up to? Well, I homeschool my babies. Cool. Unschooling, I think I'm leaning more towards and I've just gone back to acting, which I thought, I wasn't sure what place that had. So I just finished my first film in seven years it's been. Wow. And, you know, Aaron and I are waiting to hear on another job. And so now I'm opening up myself to all of it. Like I just thought Caftan Mama was where I was going. And it is. I guess it's kind of like a goop, you know, mm-hmm. it's, but it's more like um, that meets the river cottage. Yes. <laughs> and um, so it's a part of me, but not all of me. And as I've remembered myself through my shamanic woman craft, training um there were parts that I threw out that I needed to reintegrate and um not shame anymore Mm. um, because of the story through which I was the lens through which I was telling the story and what's happened is it's like oh there's room for all of it as long as my values and my boundaries are really clear Mm. and my nose are really clear then there's actually this beautiful dance between you know, I like to think that I live a very cultivated, creative, cyclical, attuned life. Not perfect by any means, but in the rhythm of connecting to nature, my own nature, my own cycle, and then Mother Nature's cycle. And I am really open to being of service in whatever vehicles are needed. You know, to help. You know, if whoever needs my help, and if if I'm the person, whether I'm keynote speaking or emceeing or acting or producing or mm. 
mm. being in my home, tending to the rescue animals, and that's the work. It's just a whole way of living. Yeah. It's just creative in its essence. And, and, and I think it's really fun <laughs> to be out of the nine to five schooling, la la la. Very fixed that way, not mm. very freeing. 100% agree. 100% agree. Um, that's really cool that you just finished a movie. What movie? What movie are we talking about? Is this like a... It's a short film and it was offered to me out of the blue really because I just kind of rejoined an agent who I'd love and well, honestly, I just really, it all came a bit left field and I really wasn't expecting it. It's about a, um, a couple, married couple who lose their daughter, a teenage daughter in an accident and she, the mother... Uh, can't process her grief. She doesn't know how to get to her grief, the rock bottom of that. And so she gets, this is set in the future, she gets a an AI robot made of her daughter and she is addicted to spending time with her daughter as an AI when her husband goes to work. And so it's really about grief and commentary on AI and then he comes home and catches her and then the complete decimation of her internal world which has to happen in order for her to heal but yeah yeah it was a pretty pretty um cool like story and I was like wow when I read it, I was like oh, oh and I I know when it's a good one because I get like teary yeah when it just on the page and I it was just like I had to say yes and I was meant to take the kids to a homesteading homeschool camp and um, I just said to Aaron, I think I need to do this story. How? And I hadn't even thought that he could take them, but I just said, why don't you? And it worked out amazingly. And so that was it. Yes. Is Aaron your husband? Mm. Partner, yes. We've yeah. been together for 14 years we worked out. Wow. Amazing. <laughs> amazing. Mm, mm. So have you done acting since you were younger? Like was one of your first careers? I wanted to be on 60 Minutes and so I was very ambitious as a young person and I was I had a scholarship to university to do broadcast journalism at, with Channel 7 and I at the time I was on hosting MTV Australia like I was had quite a big career as a young person in quite high profile shows mm. and so I trained as a journalist and was working in the newsroom at Channel 9 and at 17 and stuff and I wasn't ready, I don't think, and there was parts of that job that wasn't fully lighting me up. And then I ended up going to drama school. I started working in quite a big way as a as a TV anchor and and journalist. And then I went to drama school after that. And so then I worked symbiotically as a reporter, presenter, journalist, and actress, kind of like this, um, for most of my twenties until, you know. Um, but then equally behind the scenes, I, I was, you know, I was a high octane party girl and I wasn't able to, I realized, regulate myself mm. in the face of these huge opportunities. I had a lot of externalized self-worth, but I hadn't done the inner work and I didn't even know what that meant because in my social fabric and ecosystem, that wasn't modeled. Mm. And so it wasn't until I had rock bottoms, really, in my private life that I finally woke up. Or they say, and I'm not religious. I'm, you know, I think religion's a gateway to spirituality. Although I was raised Catholic, but they say God only knocks on your door so many times before He dumps a piano on your head. Yeah. So that was more me. Yes. <laughs> and at 30, 32, I think around then I finally went right, just like literally on my knees. I think, I think 
I'm a common denominator in some of this world that's being um, co-creating with me and I started the long road home. Yes. <laughs> so you reckon on. that started around 32, that kind of more spiritual yeah. journey for you? I think I was always curious but not embodied. So I was more mm. like tokenistic as opposed to walking through the fire, which we all know is hard and mm-hmm. painful and but you, but you could, there's no other way, and li- mm-hmm. it's liberating at the same time. So, 100%. and then birth was you know a big part in that too. So, yeah. So that's been the, and now I feel like I'm ready to help others because yeah, that's what you do when you yeah become more embodied and life gets more fun and joyful and peaceful. You help others it's achieve this urge the same. To share it, yeah. Oh, oh, oh it's been an urge. I just. I feel I'm, I get asked. I'm being I'm being called in terms of like the opportunities that are knocking and the the people who who reach out to me and I you know I mentor like I'm a trauma trained therapist so I now hold space in all different ways. I've worked as a doula like mm. whatever's required in a really bespoke way. And some people want conscious business mentoring because I'm feeling quite adept at that. And yeah, um, yeah, whatever's required and the people who reach out to want to work with me and when I launch Captain Mama, that'll be articulated in a, like a container. Yeah. So you'll work with me for a period of time. Yeah. yeah for whatever, with whatever um, you need uh, midwifing for. Yeah. And I will help you with my skill set, which I've spent the last decade, like, you know, cultivating my, I don't want to say qualifications, but I guess you could say that. Yeah. And my, so that I'm, I'm ready. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so special. So special. Okay. Well, do you want to tell the journey on, I guess, I don't know if it starts at when you met your partner, Aaron, or when you started your whole pregnancy journey and how you went into the concept of natural birth? Mm, So I think Aaron definitely had his hand out as an invitation. Mm. And I took his hand and that started our journey because when you get together with somebody all and it's the right person, all your stuff comes up. And so we've done this kind of dance that looks like this. Mm-hmm. And so we started to get the help needed to learn because we were both doing open to doing the work individually and then together. So that was you know, that's, that's a must. Mm. And I feel like, yeah, so that really started the cultivation of intimacy, which is an ongoing um, requirement for us with Mm. trauma. Um, And when it came to pregnancy, I had a miscarriage for my first baby and that steered suddenly. And in the shamanic woman craft practitioner um, qualification, I really help women understand these rites of passage, birth is a rite of passage, you know, Mm. we've got our own birth and then our menstruation and then birth, whether you're birthing babies or businesses that you can use the same. Mm. Um, But really that was the chrysalis of me starting to really understand embodied waking up and because birth, like we grow humans in our tummy and we birth them out of our vagina, hopefully, Mm. and that's shamanic, I'm sorry, like it's like we forget how powerful that is. How magical so, it is. Yes, absolutely. It's, it's even beyond, it's, it's, it's like beyond magical. I think I use shamanic there because it is the most, I just can't even find another word that expresses yeah. it. It's not, 
it just is, right? And so any pregnancy ends in a birth, whether it's a miscarriage, um, an abortion, all of them are here to teach you. And you have the birth you need to have to teach you what you need to to wake up. Mm-hmm. Jane Hardwick Collings, one of my teachers, says that. So that first miscarriage really steered the ship. It started to put me onto a train of, you know, when when you've kind of um, – Rhea Dempsey talks about this, like you've never been challenged to question yourself. You'll just go with the flow of the masses until mm. something pulls you up. And if you're paying attention, it's a gift. It's not a curse and it's not a, like it's a gift. Mm. And so that steered me into a group of women who were starting to talk things like attachment parenting. Um, home, I had no reference point for that. I thought obstetricians were the gold standard in private hospitals. Mm. And then I fell pregnant with Sophia. And that was, um, I fell pregnant with her in New Zealand. And during that um, process, I went back to the same obstetrician and private hospital. Some of the women spending time with, I was just like, maybe it was the journalist in me. I just loved spending time with them because they were so interesting. That was so different to what I know them. And it felt right in my body. So my instinct and my intuition was starting to be fed and cultivated, which is a knowing. And you'll just know that because you just go, oh, it just feels right. And the rest of it feels and I, and no, I had when any um, behaviors or tendencies or things and you see what's underneath and you start to meet those things, that's when you crave deeper connections. And these women were that. So then they said, you should have a doula. And so I went to the private hospital and they said, no, you're not allowed a doula here. And I just was really? like red flag. And so then it yeah. caused pivot. Yeah. Ended up in the um, midwife group practice at Manly. And that was amazing. Um and I was like, wow, I try. I thought I was ready for a home birth then, but I wasn't. I don't think. I didn't co-manifest that. There was no midwives available. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad I had the this birth because obviously it steered the whole birth time uh, ship. But that was an, a great, like midwife group practice is amazing. Where it fell down for me is the midwife I had come to trust and know wasn't on call, wasn't on duty when I went into labor. And... I really wasn't prepared. I thought I was, I'll just wing it like the rest of life, but I wasn't. Yeah. Um, it was just a high octane freight train from the get go. And I yeah. didn't know how to be with that at all. So I felt like I was holding onto the back of a freight train at a million miles an hour, just out of control. I, I, I felt totally disembodied. Wow. Alone, you know, just. It was a stressful didn't. experience. Yeah, it was emotionally. I mean, physically I did it, you know, and that we, I remember getting to the hospital going, I can't do it, I need an epidural. I just quit. On, I was quitting halfway through mm. and I realized I didn't have my team in place. I didn't have my, my, like you don't go to the Olympics without a full team. It's the same in birth. You need mm. a team, like your midwife team, your dual team. And I know this is difficult because it costs money and not everyone has the access to that. Mm. And that's one of the reasons. I'll get back to this is the best study we're really changing policy now to the governmental level but at the time you know I just didn't know I didn't appreciate it as a rite of passage so I didn't choose more like really in my power I didn't know what that was and so um, yeah I thought I needed an epidural and I checked out like I just was feeling really like I'd failed halfway through the pregnancy and I just need to stay here that we are, and you might, you probably already know this, but when when I was twenty weeks pregnant with Sophia, mm. all her baby's eggs were in her womb. Mm. So everything that I was feeling gets 
dictated and passed down. And I didn't know this, right? And in hindsight, I really wish I did. Because all of that stress and tr- that I was infusing with her is a story that is imprinted that now I am taking responsibility to help unwind mm. through the quantum field. But yeah, I just yeah got to the hospital. They then said I was fully dilated and I could push her out and I did quite quickly and then I felt, oh, yay. But, but once I got home then and reflect, like I really missed it mm. and I was physically well but emotionally unsafe and I hadn't understood what that meant. So then post that birth, there was, you know, a bit of postnatal depression. I did breastfeed, thank goodness. I really loved that. It was hard at first. I think mm-hmm. it is hard at first that I pushed through and then that was great and the co-sleep. I just, All of that was in my instinct very strong. Mm-hmm. And um, then we invested in a property in Bilpin, which is where I am now. And then as I kept healing in my myself beyond just my mothering, like in therapy, like lots of therapy, lots of different healing modalities. I just kept showing up to walk through the fire. Then so did my arousal settle, so did my capacity to be present, loving mother. That was a journey though. I don't want to make it sound like I was perfect because I was far from it. Mm. And Aaron and I were still had, you know, all your stuff comes up when you have your kids. So Mm. we just kept showing up for the job and doing things like the circle of security and just seeking the help when we needed it. So good. And then by the time Bo came, I was pregnant with Bo. It was just like I was ready for home birth. I was just like, right, this is, I'm claiming this birth. I can see how my birth with Sophia then imprinted my capacity to mother on top of already, you know, Mm -hmm. struggles with my own mother. Like it was just a lot. Can I ask quickly, with Sophia, like I just think that's a really interesting point, which is something I'm trying to these days constantly remind myself of is that just because from the outside it might seem a birth was amazing, beautiful, empowering because, you know, there was no drugs, baby came out of the vagina, they breastfed and it all on the outside looks well. I think that's really a great point you brought up is to actually check in with the mama And how did she actually feel about the experience? Because as you say, yours seemed well externally, but on the inside, you were feeling different. Like what would you say on the inside was kind of like, if you could summarize it into one sentence, what was it that you didn't enjoy about that first birth? And how did that impact that like postnatal period? The word just comes is just alone. Mm. I felt alone. Like, this is the most primal, magnificent thing you'll ever do. Like, imagine going to the Olympics to run your race and you're alone. Mm. Like, you don't have your team. When you're facing off with your fear and your overwhelm and the crowd and the energy of the thing, like, it's the energy. Mm. I, I was just alone. I, I thought I was pretty robust in in my cultivation of resilience, but I, I, I was just internally like, no. Wow. So alone and overwhelmed, I think, just with what it was that I missed, it's like devastating when you go, oh. And I started to seek what what it what felt like from women who when it wasn't that. And I was like, oh, I wish I had known that feeling. And I think of the time when village women were, you know, they're singing and the women were around and there was just like lots of people here. It's just so sterile and yeah. alone and, and like disconnected and like, oh, my God, you don't even know how much we're missing. Yeah. We don't – 
for my my friends from that time, not even aware mm-hmm. because they're oh, I've got a healthy baby, I would have died, all the things. And not to say that's not true, but the amount of stories that I hear that are taking away from my mother's grief and her ability to actually go, oh, my goodness, I miss an and, if, especially if you had all your babies. Like, it's devastating. And mm-hmm. what do we do with grief? We're not very good at that as a culture. We numb at all costs and divert and please get busy. Mm-hmm. from it. So I just look alone and overwhelmed and... um. Yeah. yeah, and you know, I did tear. I did tear quite badly with that one. I didn't wasn't really nurtured, nurtured. Mm. Yeah, through what it was that was happening because I didn't put that. That's not the system's fault. That was mine for not choosing, being more educated mm. in choosing what how you really are setting yourself up for the best embodied. Yeah, even if you choose to transfer, it, like that can still be not like there's a difference between disappointment and trauma. Yes, you can be disappointed but not traumatized. Love that different. so much. Totally different. 100%. Yeah. Thanks so much for sharing that. So continue with Bo. So Bo, yeah. So by the time I was pregnant, I was just like in a very different place. Four years on, like I'd done, you know, I think exponentially how much work I, and mm. my, like so much like learning and I was just ready. And so I just, I didn't flinch in my team. I just was like, I can't, oh, I was, yeah, I interviewed a few midwives and the kids picked Joe Hunter and Jerusha was my doula birth photographer. I did different things like had a, you know, mother blessing, not a baby shower. Yeah. For those who don't know, baby showers, the Western, being a present, very disconnected. Mother blessing is when you bring beads and there's ritual and ceremony. And it's so good. I mean, the, I, the women, you know, we made a necklace all infused and imbibed with blessings and invocations. And I wore it when I went into labor. And there's so many things. Ah, I love that. We set up the pool here. In Bilpin, it was, you know, winter when it was due fire. Like we had a lot of rescue animals. It was like the nativity. So totally different entry point. Yeah. And, and for those who don't inter- know, Joe and Jerusha are the other co-creators of Birth Time. Did I say that right? And Selena. Yeah, and Selena Scoble. Yes. We'll talk about that when we get to that. But, yeah, so really I was I was as ready as I could be. And then, of course, that birth was harder than Sophia because he was posterior. Mm. And um, we share that birth in the opening of the film. And But I, I again, went to the stars to get him and faced off with myself and thought I couldn't do it and all the things. But I totally was held in, in a really intimate way, in a woman, like a bespoke woman-centered way, a person-centered way. Like every woman and person is different. No one birth is the same. Mm-hmm. That attuned care can only be upheld at home. Mm-hmm. Like in the course and throes of that labor to then push him, which was much harder. And then, you no know, tearing, like all the things postpartum we had, we're sitting here, you know, everyone was eating pizza and there's like the animals. It was just, and then post that birth, there was just no postnatal depression. And like when you've had that and then you don't have that as a mother, it's devastating because you my poor baby missed the best of me. So he just got the best of me as a mother. Of course, there's no red thread trigger either. So he's a boy. Yes. That's a great gift um, as well. But he was just the gift that kept on giving. And, and I would have had more babies except that Aaron and I, he was like, I'm too old. Anyway, <laughs> but that, that, that birth I could have done again the next yes. day, which yeah. I don't think you hear. No. no. People go, what? I couldn't imagine. Like, how could you possibly? Yeah. But um 
And so, yeah, and then after that I was just like, wow, like every woman needs to know that that is possible. So how do we do that? And that was the perfect storm. Um, Jerusha, you know, experiences a, you know, she was an actress, but then really into skilled as a DOP or, you know, photography. And Joe obviously being a midwife and then me having the, you know, worked as a journalist and in the film business. And we just started, we just was like, all right, well, let's just start to, to roll the camera. Joe and Jerusha have been talking about this for like a decade. I think Joe originally had this idea and didn't really know how to pull it out of her mind into yes. the. Yes. And so when we all got together, that's how it started. incredible incredible okay Mm. so the way that I guess started properly coming to life you were Jerusha as your photographer for birth you had Joe as your midwife and then yourself and a really complex group of skills wanting to share this shared vision and what would you say that shared vision was or that shared message that you wanted to put out there um that became we weren't even sure what exactly we just knew and this is the great thing about conscious enterprise right or business is that it's a guided thing it's Mm. bigger than you and you're of service to it right so we were just here because we knew there was something we could do how and we were going to pull it off we had no idea so literally we just followed a thread but over the four years it took us to make that film it became very clear that it's about one woman or one person one midwife so really purest continuity of care which is Mm -hmm. what all the research says Mm -hmm. and the question we would ask everyone would what would it take for every woman or person to emerge from their birth physically well and emotionally safe Mm. so that became the question and we just started we we youtube like i have not i did sound on the film and shared like lighting and or whatever we needed question not interviewing we just started, we bought the gear ourselves and then we basically watched YouTube tutorials about how to do the oh, settings. feel that. And we started <laughs> at the yeah, normal labour and birth conference, really, with our babies on our boobs and the kids in tow in this tiny room at the back of this normal labour and birth conference, which had every major researcher in the world attending. And we just siphoned them through, through Joe's contacts and started interviewing them. And then from that, then there was another lead and another lead and we just kept following our noses to pregnant and birthing women and people, to men, to the researchers, to the academics, to the obstetricians, to the midwives in the system, out of the system, until we kind of started to hear the same information. So once we felt like we'd exhausted the opportunity and we had this beautiful access to Aboriginal women and midwives through Mm -hmm. Jo's study, one of her closest friends is Mel Briggs, who's heading up the birthing on country, and we were able to go on country and like... The reverence I have to be able to have told those, been given permission to tell that story, those stories has just like moved me all the time. Went to Parliament House with those women and amazing. So that's a big arm of the film too. And then yeah. after we collated all the, then it was the beast of, of, then I took on the role as like a producer, executive producer and trying to like one thing to have everything shot and then how, because we didn't pay ourselves or anything at that time, then how do we, how do we get the money to make yes. something world-class? Because I really wasn't interested and we weren't interested in making a student film. No. And no. that was a whole nother, a whole nother 
beast of big girl pants moments. Oh, that would have been massive. That would have been yeah, massive, massive just having oh these God. random snippets. Yes, and figuring oh. out how to put it together in flow to actually kind of – which because I've obviously seen the documentary. I saw um, you were here. It was at Nambour, Sunshine Coast, like oh, last yeah. year. And um, me and one of my best girlfriends went and – it's definitely got amazing flow and storytelling through mm. so many different snippets and I just couldn't even imagine how to piece that together. Could not imagine. Do you reckon your skills give, as like an actor helped with that or? I'm not going to take any credit for that <laughs> original shaping. Jerusha and Ryan, a beautiful friend Ryan, they sat in it. I did not want to do it. I'm good when I'm big visioning. I'm big, good with the big. I did not want to get bogged in the detail, mm. but they did. And they locked themselves away for like a year until we had a four-hour edit. And then I can come in with, you know, the others. And I basically printed it as a paper as a paper edit or like a you know, transcribe. Mm. And then the three of us sat around a table for three days, locked ourselves away, and we paper edited it together. Um, using everyone's lens. I came from more like the unconscious birthing woman, like the layman and not knowing anything. Yeah. Obviously, as the midwife in Jerusha has been a doula for 12 years or more. Mm. And we just paper edited it. And, and I felt like I really added value at that time. Mm. Then Jerusha would go back in and shape it. Then we would all go in like as directors and we would we would shape nuance and the color. And then also I worked with David Wheelie, our executive producer. He's brilliant amazing mind and he and I really kind of found the post-production house and I just didn't want to skimp on any of the post-production original score which Jerusha found um, a beautiful guy head of night animation mm. and we just collaborated with the A grade and even our trailer and marketing things I just didn't want to didn't want to not spend and that really paid off for us because it meant we got into lots of festivals we won a lot yes. and then we were able to yeah, but then distribution's a whole nother bar. It's like you're pregnant three times making a movie. Yeah, and then see, but you just have to stay present. Like I can't even teach how I did. We did that, but I feel like um, you just if you're been asked to do a big project in the world, you just do the next right step today. Absolutely, and it will be, um, it'll unfold. Hmm. And it'll come. It'll come to you that next step, that right next step. That's right. Absolutely. Ah, oh, amazing. Okay, so then you guys created this birth time documentary screening when would you say it was completed like what year well 2021 and mm. then COVID hit mm. and it's interesting yeah so we swapped distribution partners I that was a big call that I felt I just had to make because first those birds when you pull them off they you know you refine your instinct and intuition like you kind of become unfuckwithable because mm -hmm. you're so in your body that your mother brown bear just goes raw when something's off. Mm. And in a baby like this, we were so of service to it. It was very obvious when people weren't in alignment. And so making huge million-dollar deal calls to pivot at the 11th hour was just the practice of what those gifts of those birds give you. Mm. So we did that, and then, and then we had a beautiful distribution relationship with Demand Film, who we still love. And I would not hesitate to partner with them again. And we started to schedule the rollout. And because we'd cultivated such a good grassroots following, we'd crowdfunded to appoint it with the film. And there was a lot of shared excitement. And the choir, we call them, 
or the cicada as we call them now, um, are our kind of totem for the film because on our own it's hard to be heard, but together we're deafening. Yeah. There's a story to that, how it to that. But they came out and we just booked out these cinemas. And then with COVID, I mean, we still got around the country. We made over, well, we didn't, but the distributor did, made over like a million at the box office. Wow. And yeah. Even in the face of COVID, and interestingly, like we would have done at least top 10 of all time documentaries if we hadn't have had COVID. So I think it's such a testament, you know. And then, yeah, so we toured it here, toured it in New Zealand, and then made it available. I really championed this more entrepreneurial approach to sharing content. Mm. You don't have to go the linear pathway. This film wanted to be, we've got it on our own site, firsttime.world. You can stream it now. And then people can buy licenses and stream it to groups and we have a whole hub that you can subscribe to all the long form of the interviews. Mm. We do live events. We have an international distributor too, but to be honest, that's not been as effective as just people like you sharing this piece of work, which actually articulates on behalf of everyone who's been working really hard at the coalface the last 30, 40, 50 years. The work, everyone could get behind this body of work, which spoke to everyone's beliefs. Yes. And the research. So it kind of unified uh, the, the army, if you will. And it's mm. now, we're just about to launch a podcast, which is very exciting. So Jerusha and Joe will really drive that. Amazing. Birth time podcast. Yeah, and then, correct. Amazing. Can't wait. So that's a dot, dot, dot coming soon. So that's going to be amazing to share the latest in the research and information. And then people can, you know, through that. Um, go and watch the film. So that'll get it out probably to the world, I think, sooner than the international distributor will, which is, of course, outside the system. <laughs> yes. Isn't that amazing? That's super exciting. Okay. So the plan for Birth Time moving forward is to get into international distribution and start the podcast to try to get the documentary seen overseas a lot more. Yeah, I think we've already tried the international distribution and I just don't think that's the pathway. So now I guess the real focus is the podcast. Yeah. And then that will naturally reach the global audience. We, you know, because there's no better way to, if you're providing great information and it's helping women choose and people choose, you know, a better, more empowered way to birth, then that, the planet needs that. 100%. And it's just, it, it, the body of work's done. It's there for everyone. In Australian dollars. So if you're in the UK, it's like three bucks or something, you know, yes. like it's nothing. Yes. And it's just reach. And we could do Facebook ads, but, you know, like we don't need to do that when the people are ready because everyone's like since we made the movie, the Caesar rate in Australia has gone up by three or four percent. And in some countries, it's up as high as 80 percent. And the World Health Organization says it should be at 15 percent. Mm. Like it's mad. It's That's just, wild. So we know the trauma is rife. Like it's. Yeah. A knowing when women come to this information, they go, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Yes, absolutely. And what I really loved about the documentary is that, like, when I went and watched it in Nambour with you guys, there was Mm. a whole bunch of midwives there. There was a whole bunch of pregnant mamas there. There was doulas. There was postnatal mamas as postnatal Mm. as, like, 20 years postnatal because it is just so well articulated to massive topics that are really hard to explain to mm. all sorts of types of people. Like it's just such – because literally with my um, screening that I've got coming up, I've got my parents coming who, you know, they're postnatal 28 years. 
they've got, I've got like friends coming who haven't even had babies who are not interested at all in having babies anytime soon. I've got all my mamas coming that are pregnant. I've got postnatal mamas coming. It's just so great for such a wide variety of people. And it's just such a fascinating topic to get out there, even if it's not impacting them as them immediate selves. Just getting this information out there, who knows who they're going to talk to out of friends who are going to fall pregnant. And they're like, oh, you should look into this thing. I watched this documentary one time. It just spreads. It just spreads. 100%. Mm, super exciting, super exciting. Do you want to, yeah, I would love for you to mention at this stage of our conversation, because I'll probably cut the start, um, what you're doing as your individual self. I'd love for you to share it on here, what you're birthing in the next six weeks or so. Yeah, so I'm, I've been heavily pregnant with my own enterprise called Cafeteria Mama for like eight years. <laughs> and obviously I had to go and birth, birth time first, but... Um, I'm very close to launching that, um, which is like I've called it an, it's a holistic health service where I have produced and hosted my own TV show called The Cafeteria Mama Show. And I'm offering bespoke um, mentoring using the Shamanic Womancraft Practitioner Lens plus other modalities that I've trained in. It will also include my essential oils work, which is very deep in the way I work with those mm. and um, vintage fashion. It's a whole, like it really inspires people to change the way they live and gives them the tools to know how to do it. And I, I kind of, you know, if you wanted a context, I suppose it's like goop meets the river cottage. Yes. Um, it's like a permaculture way of living because I think birth is an arm of the weasel, mm -hmm. but it's, it's everything. It's how we, how we grow our food, how we raise our children, how we dress ourselves, how we consciously or unconsciously walk, walk through the world of trauma, mm. addiction, like so many lenses. And basically it inspires me to be a better woman or a woman the earth needs now. Mm. And it's bigger than me, mm. but it's like the thing closest to my heart. And acting is starting to creep back in, but my priority is really sharing Caftan Mama because I really feel like it's going to be of the greatest service. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So in, and birth time's a part of it. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. As you say, that first arm of like the whole wheel. Would you say, mm. um, are you gonna talk about your homeschooling or unschooling or whatever it is that you do in that course or mentoring? In the in the mentoring, if people need that for me, like what we're also gonna do is I'm gonna start to run workshops around different um like they'll start as webinar trainings around all the different things that people ask me to guide them on. Mm. And so some is conscious business, some is how how do you go? Because I come from a highly systemized, educated, three degrees kind of like system. For me to, to get to this place of feeling comfortable, like I'm not screwing up my children and like mm. facing of it, like that's the absolute webinar. So whatever I get asked, I will put together like, one hour, two hour, like master classes as an arm of that. And then we'll also run workshops here around with some of the people from the series, which include like the veggies and just mm. different things that I'm, that I think, you know, that are helpful in the, I've shot three series and um, I've shot like well, 24 episodes, but I'm not going to release them as one whole thing. No one could take it all in. It's even too much for me and my editing team, and my, <laughs> my production team. So we're releasing, um, well, uh, eight episodes with this other bonus material in it in six weeks. And then we'll get that out there and then I'll kind of 
start to, I have, you know, Selena and my colleague from the time building a website with me, Patricia shot all my publicity and my stills photography. So it's been an incredible. Wow. Yeah. And I, it's taken me a long time to know what I want to offer there because mm. like I've just graduated from like my level three yoga teacher training and my meditation teacher and my shamanic woman craft practitioner work mm. and I'm art therapist and different things. So it's taken a long time for me to work out how I want to hold people mm. in a really cool bespoke way that's unique to the person like this. Because mm. everyone tra- travels different seasons of life and some, and I love the young girls too, like some need help just to traverse boyfriends and mm. HSC and life in the study and others need help with divorces and deaths and I'm working as a death doula at the moment and cancer and you know, there's so many people needing just to support a midwife. I don't do the, they do the work, but I midwife them through their transitions, mm-hmm. let's just call it. Mm, and not just in birth, yeah. but midwifing through all different transitions. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Can you give, because I'm actually not too aware of this myself, this shamanic woman craft, what's a bit of a um, summary of what that is? Mm, so I studied my four seasons journey with the School of Shamanic Womancraft. And I just think that's a word that's become like a taboo, like it's, you know, foreign. But really, if we women and people come back to like, we grow, like I said, we bleed and we can bleed in sync with the moon. And we do that for like a long time, which is a very powerful thing. And when we start to understand that and the way we birth and the mother nature and how we attune to her and her cycles, like that is shamanism it's basically the interconnectedness of all things Mm. it's not woo woo over there it's just a grounded embodiment of the natural way Mm. that's all that is so you could relabel it if it felt a bit like big for us and it is because we've been so cut off you know from from being allowed as women and people to really embody that connection. And once we start to wake up to that innate power within us and Mother Earth and or everything changes. And birth is such a great place to reclaim that. Or menopause, mm. you know, becoming a crone. Like it's never too late. Mm. So it's really, yeah, the interconnectedness of all things and a way of living and practicing the way of living that allows you to feel more joy, fun play, expansion, abundance. Mm. You know, it's just like, yeah, yeah. Incredible. And then, yeah, after the Four Seasons Journey, which is a year program, then I just did my practice practitioner training with the school too. So, so cool. Yeah. Mm. So many new um, teacher trainings recently for you. That would have been massive. Yeah, that really, um, like I've done like a decade of um, psychotherapy as a you know, student and I, mm. that, that, allowed me to you know heal I heal myself like really go into the wounds and integrate that and then I really laid in the things that have changed me but that shamanic womancraft training you know I said on the interview recently was like uh, it allowed me to embody the maturation of that all of that healing into a landscape where I became a woman that earth needs now a woman I'm proud of a woman that I think can really stand in her integrity in the face of a storm and hold others at the same time. And I, I don't say that lightly because it's a, it's a, it's a gift to be able to be a lighthouse for someone else who's, you know, where they are and, and how you can offer 
some holding to help mm. be an invitation for them to want to keep walking forward. Like that is a privilege. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I'm, yeah, so that, and I, I really love the trauma work I've done, like the um, somatic experiencing the body work that just keeps growing. And I just, I'm not going to stop layering in the, 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 the trainings because that just means that I keep growing and I keep evolving mm-hmm. like the earth. It's always, re, you know, in the seasons, what is it? No, but, um, I can't remember it now, but I go over it, but like Sorry. the birth, you know, full bloom, decay, death, rebirth, yes. life, we go round. Yes. Every year. So we have to keep evolving. Absolutely. Ice bathing, breath work, all of that. So cool. Yeah. And you never yeah. achieve it. You never get to that end point. It's no. a constant. Spiral. It's a constant. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. was actually, funnily enough, just listening to a podcast before talking to you about IFS. Have you heard of that or done that? No. Um, uh, it's something along the lines of interfamily systems and it's, yeah, a lot of inner child work. It just sounds kind of very relatable to the stuff that you were talking about. Super interesting type of therapy. I think, I, yeah, I just think all paths lead to Rome. Just get on any of them that feel, yes. that excite you. Like don't be dog, be, there's no one way. Like if mm. something's not working, then move. Like just find the thing that makes you curious and makes you want to go back. And that can also be the practitioner. Like if that's not your person, then find the person who is, mm-hmm. you know, and there's so many ways outside of the system. You don't have to go to a GP and get a referral to a psychologist. Like if that's not your gem or it might be your gem, like mm-hmm. just, just just start to go with where your curiosity is taking you. Absolutely. If you're needing some support. Absolutely. Absolutely. Is there anything else you wanted to leave our mamas with today in the sense of getting an idea of birth time, what it's about, the documentary, why they may need it or, or should maybe watch it? What are your thoughts? If you head to birthtime.world and we're also at birthtime world on social media, I mean, just watch the trailer. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's an invitation. Um, and I think, I think it should be, like really mandatory for any pregnant person or woman mm. because I just think it like it really summarizes and paints such a beautiful picture that's so easy and with your partner too like it's 84 minutes and from that it sparks conversations I think reading Rhea Dempsey's book and um uh right Dr. Rachel Reed's book they were a game changer and you know I just think the work you're doing is amazing and just yeah it's it's time it's, it's, time. Time, it's time, but it so is. And yeah, I just wish everybody, you know, just the most um, expansive, you know, birthing portals that they can possibly, you know, walk into. And, and, and you will have the birth you need to have to see you on your path. So there's no failures. There's no wrong. There's just an option to shift, Absolutely. including working you know, reflecting on what did and didn't happen for you if you've already completed your birthing journey. So it's never too late because then you are the grandmother that Earth needs now or the wise woman. We need more of those and you're going to tend to the dreams of the grandchildren. So it's never too late. It's just now. We just need Mm. to start moving now. I agree. I agree completely. Oh, I really appreciate your time on this podcast today. This is, has been so fun. It's so unexpected, to be honest. I was not oh, really? expecting our podcast to kind of go down this route, but I absolutely adored it. Absolutely loved it. Thank you so much. Oh, great. Oh, you're so, thank you for having me. 
Thank My pleasure. pleasure. And thank you for putting birth time out in the world. I look forward to looking at your next baby be born. I'll keep following. Okay, thanks, Amy. Likewise. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate you being here. All of our podcasts are recorded live in the Facebook group, so you are not only the first to listen to the podcast, but you are able to ask questions throughout the podcast. If you wish to jump into the Facebook group, the link is in the show notes. I would really appreciate if you left a five-star written review, shared this podcast with someone who would appreciate, or even share your recent listen on your social stories. Talk to you soon.